The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 12 to 16. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, I will not put the Lord to the test. Then Isaiah said, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. He will eat curds and honey when he knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right. But before the boy knows enough to reject the wrong and choose the right, the land of the two kings you dread will be laid waste. And the second reading is from John chapter 14, verses 8 to 14. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. This is the word of the Lord. A small subject. Christ the Son. I was six years old. It was Monday morning. I was walking along the corridor in infant school, heading for the classroom. And you know what infant schools are like. Even then they were like that. A bustle of noise and chatter and laughter. And suddenly everything went quiet. And Mr. Lofthouse swept round the corner, striding along the corridor. We were quiet as mice. Mr. Lofthouse was tall and stern. He always wore a dark suit. He never wore a smile. He saw everything. Nothing escaped his attention. He looked at me. I held my breath. He raised an eyebrow and winked. And then he was gone. To understand what happened on that Monday morning, you need to know about Saturday. Joshua was my best friend at school. My very best friend. He was bright and extrovert. He'd laughed a lot. Everybody liked him. There was one fly in the ointment. His father was Mr. Lofthouse, the headmaster, the stern, authoritarian Mr. Lofthouse. 
Now, Josh had visited my house a few times, so it was inevitable that eventually I'd get invited to his. So it was that on Saturday morning, I was standing on the doorstep with my finger up to the bell, wondering what I was in for. Josh arrived on the doorstep before I even hit the bell. Come on, he said, follow me. Went racing off through the house into the garden, and I ran along behind him. I just got to the garden door, and there he was running into the garden, and he threw himself into his father's arms, and his father swung him round and laughed. And I thought, who is this man? What did you do with Mr. Lofthouse? His father was great fun. He laughed a lot. He was very affectionate. We played games. We ate together. We had a great day. So now you know the reason for Monday morning's wink. It was a result of Saturday. It was just a wink, nothing more. But I saw it, and I don't think anyone else did. It was just for me, because I was Josh's friend. Suddenly, the stern headmaster and the fun-loving, affectionate father were one person. And I was pleased and privileged that I knew him. But none of that would have been possible if I hadn't known Joshua. It's only when we get to see all the facets of a person that we can really know them. Philip, in this passage from John, asked Jesus to show him the Father. Now I suspect that Philip expected to see the headmaster. But Jesus wanted Philip to meet his dad. Just like me, with Joshua and Mr. Lofthouse. Unless you know Jesus, you won't meet God as dad. Only as the headmaster. Just think what you're missing out on. But Jesus goes further than this. He tells us that the only way to God the Father is through him. The only way to have a relationship with Dad is through Christ the Son. And in that passage, Jesus also says, Who has seen me has seen the Father. How could that be? I couldn't look at Josh and see his dad. They were completely different. Well, they were until I met his dad at home. So maybe I did see a bit of him. But Josh and his dad were two separate people. And we know that God the Father and Christ the Son are one being, and yet somehow two persons. There have been all sorts of wacky ideas put out to help us understand the Trinity. I'm sure you've come across a few of them. Um... The Trinity is like an egg. The Trinity is like an apple. You know, yolk, white, shell, core, pips, skin, 
Oh, I seem to have got too many. But you get the idea. It's like water, ice and steam. It's like speaker, word and breath. I know that I am a father, a brother, a son, a husband. But there's only one of me. And yet at the end of all this, I still don't understand the Trinity. How can Christ be in God and God in Christ? I think human brains just aren't up to it, you know, really. We just have to accept that something we cannot wrap our minds around. They are three. They are one. Who has seen me has seen the Father. So that tells us a little more about God the Father. He must be something like the Son. So we can read the Gospels. We can ask the Holy Spirit to introduce us to Jesus. Then we'll have some insight into what his Father is like. What is in Christ's nature is in God's nature, and vice versa. So the creative power that God wields is Christ's too. The selfless love, the concern for human beings that Christ embodies, those things are attributes of God the Father as well. So they are alike, they are one. I am in him and he is in me. But there are some ways in which Christ is unique. He's different from his father. He was born of Mary and lived a human life, fully human, with all our frailties, all our weaknesses, but also fully divine. God the Son. He walked this earth. He experienced firsthand human life. And in particular, he experienced suffering and death. These things are peculiar to the human condition. He knew fear. He walked in the land of the shadow of death. And in those things, he differs from his father. Why do we think of him as a son? What is it about son? Every man here is a son. Every man on earth is a son, just as every woman is a daughter. So it's not an unusual notion. So what do we think of when we think of son? I think, perhaps, of the young man whose time is still to come. I think of the heir who will come of age and fill his father's place. I think of the youngster whose father places his greatest hopes in. In him the father has invested all his love, all his care. His every trouble, his every suffering pierces his father's heart. Fathers, you know that. His every success quickens his father's pulse. Parents, you all know that. In the first century Jewish tradition, it was the son who arrived at the bride's home in the small hours of the morning, surprising, allegedly, surprising the bridal party and carrying her off 
Where to? To his father's house. <clears throat> so he comes and sweeps away the bride and introduces her to his father. It's small wonder the church has grasped hold of that idea, isn't it? We are the bride of Christ. He will come and sweep us away. No, he has already come to sweep us away, to introduce us to his Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. Like Joshua, it is the way to meet Dad. And suddenly... I think I'm starting to understand a bit about Father and Son, about Trinity. Christ the Son, whose time is yet to come, but who already shares his Father's place. God, for, God the Father, whose love for creation is inextricably bound up with a Son who is closer to us, to him, than any human son to his Father. God the Father, whose heart is broken for us and for his Son. And only through Christ, only through Christ, who shared our walk, who bore our cross, who gave all for us, who took away the grave clothes that we walk around in and set us free, only through him can we know our wonderful, fun-loving, affectionate father and I like to think on a regular basis as I'm sure all you have the opportunity to that there is an occasion where I can kneel beside Christ my brother and pray our father because Christ has introduced me to his dad and so we can pray those words. Let's do it now. Imagining, as indeed the Holy Spirit will make true, that Christ kneels beside us, perhaps with his arm around us, and says, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory for ever and ever. Amen. For thine is the kingdom, to the Father, through the Son. Amen.